0: Hello, it's Ben Northrup here. Jason Hagman back with another podcast for mm-hmm. you. BJ Productions, is, this is episode two. In our first podcast, we went over the NFC North and the NFC East. I believe so, yes. Yeah. I uh, said a couple sleepers Buzz. pray through your eyes. And pretty much for this episode, it's going to be a very similar thing. We're going to do the other two uh, conferences in the NFC. Um... And then we'll take some emails, and then we're going to go over at the end of the show our top 10 Dynasty QB picks if you're doing a first-year Dynasty draft this year.
1: All right, so this, we're going to start off in the NFC West first with the Cardinals. So we're going to give you a sleeper and bust on both of these teams. On the Arizona Cardinals, I think a great sleeper who has just to be thought about is Matt Leiner. He's stepping in with one of the best wide receivers with Larry Fitzgerald. And he has Beanie Wells, who down the stretch last year proved that he had good enough to be a serviceable running back in the NFL, and Tim Hightower is a great goal line back. I think he's, and Steve Bruston is there, I think he's stepping into a great position in that team, and I think as long as he just doesn't turn the ball over, I think Mark Sanchez is a player that he needs to model his game after as last year. Saw so Mark Sanchez just throw for, you know, a 200, 250 yards, two touchdowns. Don't turn the ball over. Let the running game do its thing. Let Beanie Wells get you four yards on first down and complete those short passes and high percentage passes, which he needs to do.
0: I'll say this thing. I like the Cardinals, for matter of fact, this year, with the one thing that Ken Wisenhunt is now going to bring his Pittsburgh Steelers trademark to the organization, that they're going to be more of a run-first team now without Kurt Warner at the helm. I think their offensive line has improved over the past couple years, which is leading my sleeper's just the run game in general, not Beanie Wells and Tim Hightower. I think they're both good value at where you're getting them. Beanie Wells going at about the 17th, 18th best running back in the podcast, in the podcast we've been doing recently, in my mind, is a little too low. And when Hightower's going about 35, 36, that's great value for a guy that you could easily start in a, as a bye week fill in in most leagues. That um I think the run game in general, and i I'm a huge fan of fits, but, but outside of fits i don't like much else um, on the Cardinals if i'm looking at a bust i'm looking at Steve breston if you're if you're high on him uh, personally, he's a decent player, but he's a wide receiver number three, and I don't think he can step up into the wide receiver number two role i don't think he'll be able to handle the upgrade in the coverage, and I think lineonert's just going to target fits as much as, as much as he can this year.
1: I think his bust on that team is Tim Hightower. I don't think he should be thought about in top 30 in any leagues at all. Beanie Wells is a powerful back in his own. I think last year at the end of the year you saw him getting goal line carries too. And you saw in that playoff game it was all Beanie Wells. They're starting to change over to him. Tim Hightower is a serviceable running back, yes, in the NFL. But I think they spent a first round pick on Beanie Wells. They're not going to waste that they're going to rely huge on him this year. I don't think Tim Hightower is going to see much time if Beanie Wells plays the way he can and should. Moving on to the Seahawks now. A sleeper on that team. I don't think this is necessarily a sleeper, but a guy that I think is undervalued is TJ Zada. I think he had an off year last year, but I think he's coming back. He had got that huge contract for them. I think that he can't afford to play the, the way he did last year. They got uh, Mike or Matt Hasselbeck at the helm. I think they improved that team adding players on that offense. I think Pete Carroll comes in with a good mind for some offensive plays. I think he's going to pass a lot more than uh, we think, and I just think T.J. Hushman-Zada is going to be used by Pete Carroll as much as possible.
0: I'm definitely going to have to go with my sleeper in John Carlson. as I, Even though this year's tight end class is very deep, He's a guy that you're going to be drafting him as as tight end two value who easily could end up as a top eight, seven tight end this year. They're going to target him a lot. He should get 40, 50 receptions with these, and that should translate into six, seven red zone TDs this year. Now on the bust side of things, I'd have to go with the Seahawks running game as a whole, whoever they have. In my mind, the three-headed monster Julius Jones, Justin Forsett and Leon Washington just scares me too much. If Forsett was given the starting job, I'd like him a lot. But until one of those running backs is given a starting job, it's a place that I just want to avoid, similar to the New England Patriots running back system this year.
1: I couldn't agree anymore. I think Justin Forsett maybe will start the year, have a little bit of leg up, but Julius Jones still has legs under him, and I think he's still going to run. Leon Washington's always found a way to get touches and get a lot of yards in any team in any system that he's on. So, and Pete Carroll has always had a committee of running backs at college, and I think it will translate to the pros, too. I just don't see one clear-cut guy unless someone struggles, And but I hate the running game, too. 49ers, a great sleeper. I think, again, is Alex Smith, at the quarterback. He's got Michael Tra- Crabtree, a year older. He's got Vernon Davis, who's a great catching tight end, and he has a phenomenal run game there. And they have two, they have two good tackles there. I think that team honestly is a lot better than they were last year. They got, they clearly improved on both sides of the ball. I think Alex Smith, after having a good year last year, could translate into another good year this year.
0: My, yeah, my definitely prefer the 49ers is Alex Smith, because I think, um, in a where I think of those top eight quarterbacks that it's generally, generally viewed as the top eight. And Breeze, Rodgers, uh, Manning, Brady, uh, Romo, uh, Rivers, Schaub, and Favre, I have a feeling maybe two, maybe three of those guys really won't perform at the level that we expect, and we'll see a couple guys jump in there. I see a guy like Alex Smith as a prime breakout candidate and a huge sleeper in leagues that you're going to be drafting him at the end of drafts as all low end number two quarterback and he could give you good value this year their offensive line has improved a lot and a full offseason with Michael Crabtree to work with I think will help him and it'll be light years in his improvement this is the first season that he's had the same offensive coordinator back-to-back years and I think it'll be a huge one because he'll finally have continuity with his offense on the bus side of the things I really don't have a bust for this offense. I like it as a whole. I like the division they get to face. I think all of them are good players. Uh, And Smith, Gore, Davis, and Crabtree, I think all four of those guys are startable players at their respective positions. And I think Josh Morgan is also another deep sleeper candidate on their team. I don't know about you on that, but... I couldn't agree more. I think the 49ers as a whole don't
1: I, I see them having a very good year. I don't really see a bust. If I had to choose anyone, I'd probably say Crabtree, maybe a little bit of sophomore slump. Doesn't do as good as everyone expects him to be a top twenty wide receiver, but outside of Crabtree, I think everyone performs the level that they can. Moving on to the Rams now, a sleeper on that team This just gets brutal to talk about, but I guess you would have to say Laurent Robinson at wide receiver. He was great last year for you in the first five weeks. Sure, a huge waiver pickup for most to all leagues. And then he got hurt. Uh, I think if you had to choose anyone on that team to be a sleeper, I guess it would be him because I don't think there's anyone else with any fantasy value outside of him.
0: I'll pull out a stat for you. Last year he played in a total of three games, not five, and it was two games and a quarter. In those games, he had um, 18 targets and 180 yards. He was the focal point of their offense, and he has the skill set to be a number one wide receiver. Donny Avery is your Wes Welker type player in the fact that he he's not a downfield threat, and he's only going to move the chains. He's a good yardage guy, but he'll never be the touchdown guy some fantasy owners have been hoping to get out of him. But Lawrence Robinson, he has the athleticism, and he has the hands. That if Brad a Brad for the Robinson connection, it might not be this year, but down the line that could be something that gets fantasy over, uh, fantasy owners happy in the long run. I'd have to say a bust on this team.
1: I think you only have to say Steven Jackson. Mm-hmm. I don't. There's no one else in on the team with any fantasy value. So if you're gonna have to say anyone, I would say him just because they don't have a pass offense. You look at what happened to him last year. No touchdowns for what the first eight weeks. Mm-hmm. something like that so yeah
0: I'm I'm a little different on that I think Jackson will do better this year because I don't think if you're that talented you can't do worse than four touchdowns and he'll get you the yards too he won't be a bust but as I mean if you get him there's no way he's not a top ten running back for the fact he's gonna get a hundred plus yards a game because he's gonna get 35 touches a game but expect only about 12 to 13 games played that you have to, is it him and Frank Gore are the same in that essence, that when you draft them, you have to expect that they will miss two to four weeks every season they play in. Couldn't agree more.
1: Okay, moving on to the NFC South now. The Saints are the 1st team two we're going to start with, with clearly them winning the division last year. A sleeper on the Saints. Um, I would love to say Reggie Bush. I know you got Pierre Thomas as their starting guy there, but... You know, If they move Reggie Bush out more in the slot, which they started to do last year, they spent the money to keep him there. I guarantee you a team is not going to spend the type of money they did on him and not try to use him in their offense. I would love to see them get him involved in some trick plays or in the flat or just something because the, the guy's got speed, got great vision for the field. You see him on punt return and kick return, how well he can see down that field. I think you've got to get this kid into open space. and give him a shot, because he's proven that he has the speed to be in the NFL, so I think they got that's a good sleeper pick, I think.
0: And just to add on to your thing, Reggie Bush had the most carries in the red zone for the Saints last year. That it wasn't up the gut, but how many times did they give him toss plays, sweeps, reverses inside the five-yard line, and he would get his touchdowns? I mean, and with Mike Bell gone, Pierre Thomas will get some of those carries, and I think Pierre Thomas, again, gives you good running back two value, but that's it but Reggie Bush I think takes over a lot of those carries because Lionel Hamilton is a good blocking back, but he's not much of a run the ball carrier that there's 125 carries to be distributed. And realistically, I don't know about you, but I can see uh, say anywhere from 30 to 40 going to Pierre this year and somewhere around 80 carries going to Reggie Bush this year. And you give Reggie Bush that, I mean with 130 carries, that's definitely top 30 status. Um uh my bust on this team I think Robert Meacham is going too high uh he did well at the end of the last season but it's because Bree spread the ball a little more and I don't know I don't think there's a way he can be as good as he was last year he's being viewed too high on going to drafts I can't I don't want to get him in the 6th round or 7th round I think that's way too high Um, I think Colson bounces back and does better this year because he's the bigger red zone target and frankly I think Lance Moore is healthy and with that combination of Meacham, Moore, and Henderson, there's too little targets to go to too too much talent and the similar situation situation that the Cowboys have, someone has to be the odd man out and I think Meacham is the fantasy value odd man out.
1: I couldn't agree more. I think he's very overvalued and Yes, he did have a good year last year, but you look, a lot of the numbers were in the fourth quarter when they're up by a lot, and he would just get a long touchdown. A lot of his numbers are very, he's a very inconsistent player in my mind, and I think him trying to move into the number two, getting covered by a number two corner, getting focused on a lot of the time of the week, I just don't think he's the type of player that you can depend on to put a seventh or eighth round pick when I think there's a lot better value there for wide receiver if you need one there. Moving on to the Falcons, uh, a sleeper on that team, I'd have to probably go with uh, Mike Jenkins. I think is a great sleeper. I think he's their number two wide receiver still there. Am I right? Still, and I think uh, clearly Roddy White has proven himself. Same with uh, Tony Gonzalez. I think Tony Gonzalez is starting to wear a little bit. I think you know that run game is clearly going to come back with Michael Turner. But I think I think Jenkins is going to get a lot less attention than he. Has he's got less and less every year, and I just think maybe this he's kind of poised for a breakout year.
0: I do like your picking Jenkins, but he's one of those guys I've been burnt with too many times over the years. I don't want to pick it. My guy is the guy who might start going into camp as the three or four, but I think he ends camp as wide receiver number two in Harry Douglas. He spent the whole last season with the torn ACL, and they were expecting a lot of big things coming out of him coming into the season and now he's healthy, and supposedly the rumor in camp is that he has um, good chemistry with Matt Ryan, and I think that translates. Tony Gonzalez is another year older and won't get as many uh, receptions, and in a more pass-happy offense, which I think the Falcons will have this year, there's more targets to go around, and I think Harry Douglas takes about 70 to 80 of those targets, which should turn into about 50 uh, 50 receptions, which is good enough to uh, throw on your bench and be a wide receiver three, deeper formats Um, on the bus side I'd have to go with Michael Turner in a yardage heavy league I love the touchdowns he gets he's one of my favorite players and it's hard saying this but it's hard spending top five pick money on a guy who catches about eight passes a year and is injury prone I he scores he gets a lot of touchdowns but um you he needs to get a hundred yards and a touchdown for him to be viewed as a top six player every week. And he does that a lot, but any week he doesn't score, he has no value. He doesn't get enough yardage throughout the field everywhere else. What about you? I couldn't agree more.
1: I think Matt Ryan also is the guy you need to look at. I think they will give Michael Turner the ball a lot this year. I think they're going to probably run him into the ground, I think, I I just truly don't like Matt Ryan that much this year. I think Roddy White's a great wide receiver. I have nothing wrong with that. I think Gonzalez can catch the ball too. It's just I think they really only have about one proven wide receiver there. And you look at teams like that, you know, you look at Cleveland last year who had like Braylon Edwards who was a good wide receiver. Yes, they don't have the talent like Michael Turner or Matt Ryan. But I just don't think he's going to perform to a top ten quarterback like some people think. Moving on to the Panthers. uh, Sleeper on that team, I know this – isn't a sleeper necessarily but uh jonathan stewart i think is clearly coming up through the ranks i think you know him healthy again i know he's heard a lot last year i do like jonathan stewart with d'angelo williams i think that's a great one-two punch with matt moore and jimmy claus in there at quarterback They're you're probably looking at about 40 touches between those two for the two running backs so you're looking at both of them getting around 20 to 22 carries a game and you know, the, the, you, you can clearly get big numbers from both of those guys. And Jonathan Stewart, you can get about 10 picks later than D'Angelo Williams. And I like, clearly, Jonathan Stewart and both of those guys in the Panthers. I just love their run game as a sleeper overall.
0: I know you as my um, fantasy football compadre. You definitely know my opinions on the Panther running backs. And you know how much I've loved um D'Angelo Williams over the years and I'll tell you this year, I'm all in on D'Angelo Williams. The thing that I like the most about him um, is that it's his contract year and there's been a lot of things that have led towards the Panthers might not be willing to spend the money on him with Jonathan Stewart there and waiting that I really think they run him into the ground in the similar way that the Jets did with Thomas Jones this past year knowing they won't resign him and if Jay-Soo's, if J.C. is any bit injured, they're going to just try and rest him a little bit and not kill him this year so they have a couple more years with him. I think D'Angelo Williams has a great year. He gets about 300-something carries uh, because I don't, I, I'm expecting Jonathan Stewart to be hurt for a couple of games. Um, so D'Angelo Williams, I think he gives you great value this year, but in a keeper league or something, I wouldn't want him because I think he only has about one more good year left of fantasy football. Um, in that offense, as a bust... I'd, I'd have to say Jonathan Stewart frankly I'm not that high on him uh, he has an Achilles injury already that's just not healing it's the same Achilles it's always hurt I know he'll play through it he's a tough guy I know we definitely disagree on the running back situation but he's just if he if D'Angelo goes down I think Jonathan Stewart gives you great value but you're just you if you're getting him as about the 14th or 15th best running back you're paying that money expecting that D'Angelo Williams gets hurt at some point, and if he doesn't get hurt, then you definitely did not get your money's worth.
1: I think that whole wide receiver corpse in a hole is just awful. I, you know, Steve Smith has always been a top fantasy pick. I don't know if he's always performed to where he should be, but I, I just don't like any bit of this passing team. you got Matt Moore, who I don't think's proven to be anything – Anything around average or below. I think he's just an awful quarterback. I don't think he's even serviceable. I love Jimmy Clausen to step into that offense about week eight. But it's still gonna take an adjustment period. He's a rookie quarterback. You're not you should not expect any one of these wide receivers to provide a number two uh, I'll, I'll, add, I'll
0: add one thing to this though is that in the games Matt Moore played Steve Smith was targeted a lot more than any And you other, don't and think
1: teams are going to notice that I, I know table. teams
0: will notice it but Steve Smith is a talented player I think his touchdown total might be a little down this year but he's going to get 150 plus targets this year and he's going to get 150 plus targets but will he- Catch yeah, them, he, he might only, gonna, only he might only get about 80-90 catches. T- he yeah. will get double teamed. But how many how many screens, how many slants can you see them throwing to this guy this year? I mean, I think his yard per catch average is gonna be down, which is gonna hurt us that's which why he might only what get I'm about.
1: Listen, their defense are gonna sack eight guys in the box. They're gonna be blitzing a lot. If you throw a slant, there's still another linebacker right there. He's a rookie quarterback, he's gotta read that safety. Safeties in the NFL are pretty dang fast. And I just don't like the Panthers to really pan out a good pass game that provides anything.
0: Just a deep sleeper. And he's coming yeah. off a broken arm. Yeah. You can say what you want, but that's still going to affect him no matter what. Deep sleeper alert for any guys out there and all. 14 or 16 team league, um, Armonte Edwards, the guy who could be the number two wide receiver. I know in a 10 team league, you have no business drafting him, but in those deeper leagues, he's a guy worth throwing on your roster because supposedly he's been impressing in many camps that you know, there's a chance that he could be getting 50, 60 catches. And in a 16 team league, when you're starting three wide receivers a piece, I'd take you can do much worse at the 45th best receiver. That's true. Moving on to the
1: Buccaneers now. A sleeper on the Buccaneers. Oh, geez. I like Cadillac Williams. He's the number one guy. They spent a first round pick on him. They're going to try to run him again. If he does not get hurt, he has proved that he is a great running back when he's completely healthy. I like him there. They got a, what's his name, Jace? Josh Freeman. Josh Freeman, thank you very much. Josh Freeman, who's another year older. Was a huge arm to air it out. If he can prove that they have any deep, 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 deep threat, that I think that could open up the run game a little bit. If Cadillac Williams stays healthy, I do like him as a running back in the NFL.
0: Um, I agree with you on Cadillac Williams, and I am high on him this year. I think he's a definite starter in fantasy football. Uh, the guy who's my sleeper would have to be Kellen Winslow. That I think as the 11th, 12th best tight end right now, you could do so much worse. I think he should be a top 10 uh, tight end this year. He's really talented. Josh Freeman's a younger quarterback, and he's definitely going to target Kellen Winslow a good amount. That he, with the targets, if he gets 60 receptions this year, and say, uh, which is very uh, viable with a young quarterback, and uh, because tight ends usually tight ends get more than 50 receptions with younger quarterbacks as talented as Kellen Winslow, that he's a guy who could end the year as about the seventh-best tight end when you're playing um, 11th-best value. Um, bust on that team, frankly, I don't have one player I'd say as a bust. It's just an offense. I wouldn't expect too much out of him. That I, besides Cadillac, don't draft any of these guys expecting I, would, I wouldn't go
1: up on a guy, I think yeah. is what you're trying to say. If he's projected to go in the 10th round, Don't trade up or go after them in the eighth. Let them fall to you. Don't step up and take them. I think they're a great team where if you get someone to fall to you, I think there could be some great value there. But I I think unless someone falls to you, I don't think going up and around, going to round three to get Cadillac Williams is worth it. I don't think going up and around Mm. to get anyone on that team. Josh Freeman could be a bi-week replacement. I don't think he needs to be drafted in a 10- or 12-team league. Possibly 12-team league, I guess. 14-16, um, I think he's a good quarterback. He's serviceable. But unless it's a deeper league, I would try to stay away from the Buccaneers' offense.
0: And I think one thing that we can say in, as a whole for this whole division is uh, there's a, a, for this division and the, NFC's, uh, for the, and the NFC West, I mean, with the Panthers, the Buccaneers, the Rams, the Seahawks, and the Cardinals, that's five teams that I frankly don't think will be that good this year. That if they get more than six wins, I think it'll be a, it'll be a success in my mind because they don't necessarily have that much talent and they're not going to score that many points. That on guys on those teams, I wouldn't try and jump the gun to get one of those guys. That if, if it's the right value, go right ahead and take it, but don't overspend to get one of these guys because if you get too many guys on, bad, on losing teams, it hurts you, and then your potential rating that your team can achieve, just you can't get it. Yeah.
1: All right, we're going to move on to Dynasty top 10 quarterbacks. Uh, this is for all you Dynasty leagues out there. We're going to try to touch on this so we can get to every league and make sure everyone gets taken care of. So I think number one, I don't think it's an argument, Drew Brees. I think he's, you know, still going to be around for six to seven more years in most Dynasty leagues. I'm sure you can find a quarterback to replace him in six to seven years. I think you know, I don't think there's a real question about who should be taken if you're going for a quarterback first.
0: Um, I agree with you on Breeze. I think it's one A, one B with Breeze and Rogers. I have Rogers at one A and Breeze one B, but I think both of those guys are fantasy studs for the next five years and you should, you should expect a ton out of them. Expect top three quarterback numbers every, year in, year out with those guys um, bar injury. But I see nothing wrong with them. At the three spot, I'm leaning more towards uh, Tony Romo in the future because he's growing, uh, he's growing with Miles Austin and Des Bryant. And what did, and Jones, I mean, they have a, a young offense that's going to grow older together. As long as they can get pieces on the offensive line that has grown old. And I know this year they're going to free at tackle, which is a movement towards the youth. I don't see him as a future, but I see him as a one-year fill-in. As long as they get a little more youth on that team, I think Romo has a huge future. And I know you're probably the same way on Romo.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more with him. At number three, I wouldn't say he's a top three quarterback this, this year. This year, yeah. But I'm saying... Down the road, Des Bryant and Miles Austin three years from now, you're going to be looking at that as one of if-they-not top offense with Felix Jones going to be in his prime. Des Bryant, God, that just, that just sounds so deadly. If Jason Witten's still healthy, I know Jerry Jones will get an offense line in there by then, and I just can't see a better option than Tony Robo. I mean,
0: that's, that's the Arizona Cardinals with a good running back back in the day. I mean, that's Kurt Warner, Larry Fitzgerald, Anquan Bolden, plus that's a Kurt good Warner, running back. Isaac Bruce, uh, Marshall, Marshall Falk. Falk and Torrey Holt. Do I you mean, remember those The days? greatest that's, show on turf has hit the big D this year. That's what I think in three years you're
1: really looking at is one of those Rams type of offenses, and that's why I have him so high behind Aaron Rodgers, who clearly the Packers just know what they're doing with an offense. They spread it out. They got Ryan Grant there, who we've talked about, will get you the yards great, serviceable, mm-hmm. running back. And they still have Greg Jennings who's young, James Jones young, Jermichael Finley's young. Donald Driver, of course, is getting old. They'll draft some, you know, wide receiver to come in and replace until they get up, but I think James Jones has still got a lot of potential which hasn't been unlocked yet. So I think there's plenty of talent still to be go on and uh so I, I love I love those top three as your top three. At number four, who do you really have there? Um I, I swear you'd have to stick with Peyton Manning. I still think he's gonna be I think he's kind of a Drew Brees situation. He's probably still going to be a top five quarterback for the next four to five years. I think taking him would not hurt your fantasy team. I think it would still help you in the next four to five years and solidify that position. I think it gives you plenty of time. You can draft later. You know, the next year you can take, you know, a later quarterback or try to get Sam Bradford too. You get someone to replace him in a couple years. But I, I don't think there's anything wrong with taking Peyton Manning as a top five keeper league.
0: Uh, I like Manning there. I think he's definitely in top five. I don't know if I would put him at four yet or if I'd put him at five. In my mind, it's between him and... If Vincent Jackson was getting a contract extension, he knew he would be in San Diego for the next five years, then I think Rivers is four, but until then, I go Manning four, Rivers five.
1: Okay, then after, uh, after those four and five, I kind of have Matt Schaub and Tom Brady there. I think Matt Schaub will still be there for a while with Andrew Johnson if Kevin Walter proves he's a liable threat and Jacoby Jones too. If their running back situation ever gets figured out with Bentate, Steve Slayton, whoever heck the, you know, whoever else they have there, you figure that out. I think Matt Schaub's still a great quarterback. He's a top, you know, arguably a top five quarterback this year, so I still think down the road he could be an arguable top five. So I have no problem with taking him at five or six for a fantasy uh keeper league, and then Tom Brady I still think has five years left in uh, his arm, and if he stays a New England Patriot, Randy Moss, maybe we will still be there, Wes Welker, and I think they'll still bring in another wide receiver for him after Moss if Moss decides to leave.
0: I agree with you on the shot pick number six, but I think from six to ten, there's the top five, I think that that's a definite group, you can tier that into two tiers, But that's a definite. That's the that's the top tier quarterbacks in a dynasty league. Um, Six, I'd go shop, but I'm dropping Brady to about ten in my rankings for a dynasty. I would rather have guys like Kevin Cobb, um, Joe Flacco, Flacco, Eli Manning possibly. Not Eli Manning. He's too solid. Uh, Matt Ryan, Jay Cutler, or Chad Henne. Eli Manning's too solid. He's going to be about the 12th best quarterback every year. I see no way how he turns. Maybe he turns into an eighth or ninth. These other guys I'm mentioning in Henne, Flacco, Cutler, Ryan, and Cobb, I think those guys have the potential to develop into um, a top eight quarterback consistently.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think uh, Flacco with Anquan Bolden there. Uh, Great running game with Ray Rice. I think he has... He's put in, been put into a great situation. Um, I you know, I still like Jay Cutler, too, possibly moving up. Matt Ryan with Roddy White. I think he has many years of beautiful music. And that as long make. as
0: a second wide receiver can step up.
1: I think if they draft someone, find, sign a free agent, find someone to step up, like Looking Miles Austin did in thing. Dallas.
0: Or maybe just draft a guy like A.J. Green in the draft yep. next year.
1: Next year if he comes out. Uh, I think there's plenty of guys that can come in there, and that's why I like Matt Ryan, too. So that is our top 10 dynasty. I think we kind of touched on around 10 to 11.
0: Yep, Uh, we're going to hit a quick commercial break, and then we're going to finish up the short end of our show. Uh, We'll be back in a little bit. Um, Yeah, see you then. Hello, we're back with BJ Productions. Um, ben Northrup's still here, Jason Hagman to my right. Still floating around. We are missing David on the computer with the emails, so we're going
1: to just read them ourselves.
0: Yep, so we got emails coming on the second part of the episode, and we'll introduce the QuadFL, which is the, our main fantasy football league that we're a part of, and it's the main league we'll be noted talking about it a lot in most of our podcasts. We'll go over its draft when the draft occurs, and that's what uh, we have a lot of our rankings for. But first we'll start with the email. Um, Email one from Tom from New Orleans. Uh, The question is, in these two divisions that you guys are going to talk about in this podcast, you have a lot of good running backs in Frank Gore, Michael Turner, Steven Jackson, and D'Angelo Williams. Of these running backs, who has the highest potential to be a top three, top two, top one?
1: Um, I truly do. I know you're not hiding him, but I love Michael Turner. I think re- he's proven he could do it. Two years ago, he proved he could do it. I don't think there's any reason that he can't come back and do what he did. Mike or Matt Ryan's going to be more of a threat than he was last year. Same with Roddy White. I think this team will only excel with their offense this year and I just love Michael Turner
0: to have a fun bounce back here. I, I do think Turner will do all right. I just, I don't want to spend top five money for him. Again, we all know this. We both know how high I am on D'Angelo Williams. Uh, all he had to do was watch him play for the second half of the season in 2008. He's an incredibly talented back. John Fox always goes with the older one of the running backs. He did that when the Sean Foster and Steven Davis were back there pulling a name drop on all you all the guys. But um, I, if, as, if, if Jonathan Stewart misses a few games this year, D'Angelo Williams will be a top-five running back. That's, that's my call of the year. Call of the year. Okay, moving on. Now we have an email from Dave in
1: Detroit. He says, with Calvin Johnson and Matt Stafford back for another year, do you think Calvin Johnson is a top-three wide receiver,
0: or who do you like there? I don't think I can go say he's a top three. He's a top ten for sure, and he's a high-risk, high-reward guy. Um, You're going to have to pay about sixth, seventh best receiver value for him, which I think is all right, but there's no way he ends right there. He's either going to end as a top five because he has a great year, or he's going to have another downer year at about 13 or 14, which isn't bad, but it's bad for his talent. His thing is he just needs to stay healthy. And because Stafford throws him the ball so much, he just gets crushed, play in, play out. And that's what's killed his knees on that turf, uh, turf in Detroit. Um, I think he could be great, but the, you need to have the prices right because he is a huge risk. He's an injury risk, and he's a team risk because of how bad their team is.
1: I don't think their team's as bad as you're making it. I agree.
0: I don't think it's as bad, I but think it's still bad.
1: They upgraded at tight end. They brought another tight end there. Um, uh, what's his name? Hold me Tony Scheffler. Tony Scheffler, great tight end, or blocking and catching tight end. You got Brandon Pettigrew, who I he's think is great, b- great It's like having a six-man on that line. Who just, like, he's Jason Witten and blocking. Um, I think bringing in Nate Burleson will take a lot of those hits away. I think they're going to run him into the ground because he'll take that slot. I think that will open him up to go downfield more and less of those slant 10-yard plays. I think they will take a lot of pressure off of him, having to take all those hits, which Nate Burleson will hopefully take now. I think uh, their running game hopefully will provide a threat with Kevin Smith coming back. and uh, Javid Best. Javid Best. I think,
0: I think Best... If he can stay healthy, he's a top twenty-five running back.
1: I couldn't agree more. But, but him staying healthy is a huge. Yeah, question I mean, he's never made it through a full season healthy at the college yeah. level, and the hits I mean, between college and pro It's more likely that he stays huge.
0: healthy than Ricky Williams' smoke spot.
1: Very true. I think I think it's very questionable if he stays healthy for a whole year. But I do think they improved. They run in. A, I think they're trying to do what the Miami Dolphins did that uh, when Bill Parcells came in. That they're bringing in. Uh, offensive linemen who are good veterans in their 31s who know how to play the game, who are serviceable to give their quarterback time. They got a lot of talent there with Calvin Johnson. Matt Stafford clearly is a talented player. I, I think he's, he proved last year he can't, he can't do what it takes to be in the NFL. A lot of picks, which he needs to cut down on. But I think they didn't prove a lot of guys around there. I think their defense is a little bit better too, taking hopefully a little less pressure off them and giving them a chance to do more than just throw the ball because they have to get back in the game. I think Calvin Johnson's a great pick mm-hmm. this year at the value that he's at right yeah. now.
0: Uh, I respect your opinion. Um, mm. Final question here. It's from Gary in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Yeah, we've got a Pittsburgh listener it on the show. Pittsburgh. Yeah.
1: Ben he, Roethlisberger.
0: Rape. Yeah. Uh Rape. He loves Ben Roethlisberger. Oh. Uh,
1: his his question- email is actually B-Rot. Wow. <laughs> that is a
0: B-Rot fan for you. But um, in his email, his question is, I have three running backs that all would be kept at third-round value for next year. I only can keep them for one year, so it's not like I'm looking at who's going to be the best over the next five years. Of these three running backs, who would you uh, want to have the most? Uh, Beanie Wells, Jamal Charles, and Richard Mendenhall.
1: I think, I think Mendenhall is a lot or better than all of those. Personally, but losing Max Stark's uh, right tackle is a huge loss, so I drop him a couple slots, but I don't think he falls out of the top 15 mm-hmm. range by any means. I think Jamal Charles maybe is the lowest running back on that list. Just Kansas City, I don't... Thomas Jones scares me. Thomas Jones does scare me, too. That's what I'm saying. Thomas Jones, I think, is going to take some carries away. Touchdowns, and that's the big thing. The
0: goal line carries that.
1: that, that yeah. And they're going to they're gonna throw the ball. They still They traded... You know, they didn't trade much to get Matt Castle, but they brought Matt Castle in. They got Dwayne Bow. They're still going to try to throw the ball down in KC. I think Jamal Charles was the great, great catcher out of the backfield, 10 to 12 catches a game, but I don't think he's a number one. Some people do. I think Thomas Jones will still – I still think there will be a committee back there. I think you've got to keep uh, those two and not,
0: not uh, Jamal Charles. Mm-hmm. Um, when I look at Charles – Think of Brian Westbrook back when he had Deuce Staley as the other running back for the Eagles. That's, a name drop. That's another name drop I, I put on the show. But um, in those years, he had a ton of receiving yards, didn't have that many touchdowns. He's going to get you, Jamal Charles should get you about 1,200, 1,300 total yards this year, uh, which will make him a top 20 running back with these. But expecting more than six, seven touchdowns is pushing it.
1: I think most of his touchdowns, too, were long touchdowns. They were 47-yard catches. Yeah. And th- they were not a but lot But most
0: of his touchdowns were against the Bills and the Browns.
1: Yeah. They, he played very and, yeah, bad defenses. Team. And the
0: Raiders and yeah, the Broncos. Yeah, he, he had six of his touchdowns in those games. Yeah.
1: So you can write off him being, if he plays you know, New England or Pittsburgh, great defenses, I don't think he's going to come out and perform to
0: no. the level that he should. But I mean, frankly, of these three guys that he said... I'm not entirely high on any of them. I think Mendenhall's a little overpriced right now, but I still like him. I think he's gonna be the Cedric Benson. I don't think he's year. proven anything yeah. yet. I don't think he's proven anything yet. But the fact that they don't have anything else and I don't think um uh anything anything else they have there is worth it. I don't think Dwyer is a good backup. And I Think Benson last year wasn't that talented, but if you get if you get quantity, you're gonna get points. And if you get 25 carries a game especially when Dennis Dixon or Byron Luff, which is the quarterback in the first four games. Well, you don't know if it's six either. Could
1: be six. well, it's six right yeah. now. They're looking to reduce it to four. So, I don't think you can say four, four yet. yet. And I, you know, and I think losing his right tackle is huge. huge. I do think Huge.
0: It's, I mean before he lost his right tackle, I had him in my top 10. And that dropped him out of my top 10 in my mind. I think he's uh, a very low-end running back one. He's a high-end running back two this year, and I don't see him improving his value anymore. I don't see the potential with him, yeah. but I think you. I think he's a very solid pick you can and get. And he
1: had his rookie year had huge issues with Mike Tomlin. Mm. I, and I, yes, last year maybe they improved their situation, but he did not perform to the be- like. Yes, he did perform well in the first couple weeks, but he was not a top. He's not a top ten running back, my man. Until he proves it, has a good relationship with the team, Ben Rotlisberger gets figured out, they try to figure out the right tackle. I think there's too many question marks to say that that's your number one running back. Yep. I, I would, if I saw that on my team, I would hope I would have Andrew Johnson then. Yep. I hope If you're looking at Andrew Johnson and Richard Mendenhall, I think you're sitting nicely. Yep. But unless you see if that's your number one guy and then your number two is like or your number one receiver is Marquise Colston and that's your first two picks, I think you're yep. sitting bad.
0: And then I think Mendenhall is the one you keep for sure, especially if you're a Pittsburgh fan, uh, Gary. But with Wells and Charles, it's a toss-up. You want TDs, go Wells. If you want yards, go Charles, in my mind.
1: Yep, couldn't agree more. So we are signing off. We will be back with another podcast starting to cover some AFC teams, uh, Dynasty running backs. And we will, of course, get to some more emails if you want to send that. Again, that is BJPodcast1111.
0: bjpodcast 11 at gmail.com we will
1: try to get to them we seem to get to most of them and uh, so again that is is 11 at gmail.com
0: and be ready in future episodes we're gonna start getting into the quad FL which is our version of um, our top-notch fantasy league you'll hear a lot of stories from that a lot of rankings from that you'll get to meet the league and stuff so, a lot of big things are coming in the upcoming podcast. A lot podcast. of
1: arguments, too, if you want to hear some yeah.
0: bantering, listen in. Um, uh, we're signing off. Uh, it's Ben Northrup. Jason Agman. Stay classy, fantasy football listeners.